everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and I just want to thank you for joining me today. Hey, if you haven't had a chance to subscribe to the podcast, make sure you do that now so that you don't miss an episode to come. And make sure you share this episode with a friend. Hey, well, I am really excited to share about something amazing coming up. Because on May 11th, 12th, and 13th, we have our amazing sisterhood event here at Christ Fellowship. This is an experience for every girl from every generation where we're going to gather under one roof at our Palm Beach Gardens location. My good friend Lisa Harper is going to be bringing the word. We're going to have a powerful time of worship and an incredible after party. You are not going to want to miss it. We're also hosting our first ever Little Sisters experience, and I'm so excited about this. So all of our girls, little girls from first through sixth grade, we have something special just for them. So this link to get your tickets is in the show notes. And for the next 24 hours, our So Good podcast listeners are going to get $5 off of their ticket price with the code So Good. What else would it be? code so good. Get your $5. It's going to be so good. So make sure that you click on the link in the show notes and get your discounted seats. Okay, so this season is all about the power of your story. We've already heard stories of overcoming depression, finding freedom from addiction, conquering insecurity, finding hope in the midst of grief, and so much more. And in this episode, we have another incredible story to share with you that is going to encourage you that God can turn any mess into a message. Today, we have our special guests, and I hate to even call them guests because they're really family, but we have our special guests, Greg and Julie Gorman. They are authors and speakers. They're certified John Maxwell coaches and the founders of Married for a Purpose. This is an organization that equips couples to live purpose-focused in their marriage. And Julie is the author of What I Wish My Mother Had Told Me About Men, What I Wish My Mother Had Told Me About Marriage, and Gentle Whispers. And together, they are the authors of Married for a Purpose, and two are better than one. Okay, so you guys have a lot of material out there, (laughs) but we're so excited to have them here. What I love the most about them, though, is that they live right here in South Florida, and they are amazing volunteers at our Stewart campus at Christ Fellowship. And when they're not traveling and speaking or coaching, they love boating, spending time with their amazing three children. So welcome, Greg and Julie. We're so glad that you're here. Woohoo! It's such a pleasure and an honor. Yeah, this is fun. We're so excited to have you. We've been waiting to have you guys on the podcast. And, you know, I just want our listeners to know that whether you are married or single, this, this testimony that you guys have is going to speak to every listener about the power of God mm. that is unleashed when we invite him into our relationships. And you know, it can be so easy to look at you guys today 
at the marriage that you have today, all the coaching that you're doing and, you know, the thriving family that you have. It can be really easy to look at you and think, you know, that they must have always had this amazing (laughs) marriage. But both of you are pretty open about the fact that it has not always been this way. So I'd love for each of you to share a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today from the place that you were Mm. in the past. Oh, boy. Okay. So how transparent can we be, Jules? Oh, you can do it. Okay. (laughs) Our listeners are used to, like, jumping into the deep end. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I'll start out, and then Greg can tell on his junk. But uh, (laughs) for me, I grew up in a family where every abuse was present. Mm. So physical, emotional, sexual abuse. Um, I tried to pretend that none of that ever happened, which meant I never dealt with it. Wow. And so when Greg and I got married, I somewhere between thinking every man would be a knight in shining armor to believing every man was a pervert, I kind mm-hmm. of vacillated between those two extremes. And I carried these vows in, in my heart that no man would ever hurt me again. And with that, it meant an uphill climb. Honestly, I, I spent the first few years of our marriage uh, crazy, psychotic, jealous, uh, yeah, I, and I felt like I could be a really good Holy Spirit to Greg, mm-hmm. um, trying to convince him to believe what I believe, think what I thought, and that meant that I was always uh, on the defense or offense trying to figure out what he was doing that was going to hurt me because I wasn't going to get hurt. And so that caused an uphill climb for him and certainly pushed him into some corners that he didn't need accusations, manipulation, yeah. So that's my point. Well, this was a way bigger mess than I can give you full credit for. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's 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 bring another perspective in here. I also grew up in a lot of dysfunction in our family. And uh, you know, when we when we tell these parts of our story, we never want anyone to feel like we're trying to one up their hard time because everybody's got their own story. Right. Um, for us, this is just ours and it's where God brought us from. But for me, I grew up in a lot of dysfunction as well. I was kidnapped somewhere when I was around nine years old or so was missing for about a year. That's a story for a whole whole different interview. But there was just so many different things that made imprints in my life. And so one of the many dysfunctions that I carried was a violent temper and anger. And um, that combined with having been married and divorced myself before, uh, I just drug a whole bunch of baggage into our marriage and didn't really know how to process all of this baggage or what to do with it, let alone try to help Julie through her brokenness into healing. And uh, over time, you know, God did a lot of different things in my life, but I was very, very um, anti-being controlled. I was like, I'm not going to be controlled by anybody, certainly not another woman again. Mm -hmm. And so you can imagine with those two dysfunctional backgrounds and such as coming together, it was quite a clash. And for probably the first seven to eight years of our marriage, it was uh, pretty touch and go. (laughs) Yeah. So it it was crazy that, you know, one night, and this is really where God stepped in. Thank God he didn't leave us in that mess because we were two Christians that loved one another passionately, but we fought just as passionately. Yep. We love God with all of our heart, but we had no idea how to make him the center of our home. We had no paradigm to actually do that. And so there was a point, though, that uh, we had this escalated fight, Julie, where Greg sped off in the SUV, and I, I'm shouting at him. I, who knows what our neighbors thought of us? But I remember walking back into the home, and I just fell prostrate on the floor, and I said, Lord, we've, we've both been through one divorce. We don't want to go through another and so then I gave this long diatribe of, of why God should get Greg and how he should change Greg's heart because I was convinced that I was still in the right. And 
God let me exhaust myself until the point that I, I just was this upheavaled mess. And it was at that point that it was like this one-liner that went through my mind that said, Julie, I want you to love Greg like you love me. And he took me back to the point where I actually encountered God's grace. I was at an edge of a bar. My intent was to get as drunk as possible, as quick as possible. And the Spirit of God showed up in that place. And again, in a one-liner fashion, the way that he speaks to me, he said, Julie, there's nowhere you can run that my grace wow. won't find you. And I remember thinking, God, this is a bar. You're not supposed to be in a bar. <laughs> but that's where he rescued me. And he demonstrated his grace. So when God told me to love Greg like he'd loved me, I knew that meant I, I didn't merit God's love in that bar. Right. There was nothing I was doing that earned that merit. And so the the exchange was, will you allow me to change in you, baby girl, what needs to be changed in you? And will you trust me enough to entrust your husband to me to allow me to change in him the things that I think need to be changed? And so it began a pattern of doing my works as unto the Lord. So when Greg didn't deserve it, I knew God did. And I knew that I needed to demonstrate because the one constant truth through all the upheaval mess of my childhood was God. He was faithful. So when I didn't feel like Greg deserved my love, God did. And so I started to demonstrate unconditional love. And pretty soon, I experienced unconditional love both in giving it and then receiving it from Greg well, as well. Well, it paved mm -hmm. the way. It paved the way for me to begin to reciprocate as well. And then over time, you know, obviously we're in a different place now. If we fast forward what God taught us, is as we continue to grow as individuals and to be led by his Holy Spirit and continue to work on the things that we need to work on within ourselves instead of trying to work on one another, it helped me, her first step this way really helped me to learn how to love her and her brokenness and see her as a human being instead of an opponent, you know, and really begin to love her and love her to life and wow. to fullness. Amen. Wow, that is wow. so powerful. Like a couple of things that really stood out to me was when you said that you were both Christians. Like, Ugh. wow, you know, I think some people out there think, well, if we're both Christians and we both love Jesus, then we shouldn't have marriage problems. Right. But the truth is, we are two individuals that come into the marriage with problems, right. with baggage. And so we carry all of that with us. And, you know, and, and I've heard someone say before that there aren't that many true marriage problems. We just have two people that have problems, right? <laughs> and so we bring them into a marriage and that's what happens. And, and I think that <clears throat> that can really set some people free. Mm -hmm. That, you know, the fact if you're having marriage difficulties or even relationship difficulties, this is not the measure of your spiritual maturity or right. your relationship with God. It's a, a measure of just the broken world that we live in mm -hmm. and what we carry into our relationships. And that was just, I, there was a few things that you just said that were so beautiful. You loved God. And so I think a lot of times we do have to go, you know, how does my love for God impact this situation? How can I love them like I love him? That was so powerful. Um, and then, you know, when you, you said about, um, just God's presence being there in a bar and being there in the midst of your darkest problem. Psalm 139, where can I go from your presence, right? Amen. If I go to a bar, you are there. Right. You know, if I go <laughs> right. to the worst fight with my husband, yeah. you are there. Right. And so God's presence being invited mm -hmm. into the problem is exactly what you did. Mm -hmm. And when you invited his presence in, it was a game changer. And praying, you know, it's okay to pray for God to change the other person, but. <laughs> There's two prayers here, you know, mm -hmm. pray that God change them the way 
that you want to change them, but also change me. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have both of those prayers, like that, because God can do miracles and we are supposed to pray for our spouses, but at the same time that he reveals to us the things that he wants to change in us mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Is there anything else you want to share about your story before I move on? Because this has been so powerful. Yeah, I just think the temptation so often, again, it's so easy for us to, it's why scripture reference, why Jesus said, you know, and why we're supposed to look for the two by four, if you will, in our own eye Mm -hmm. versus picking the speck out of someone else. And I think in marriage, it's so easy to get in this comfortable space where um, it's so easy for us to begin to focus on all the things that we don't want and the things that we want to see corrected. Whereas I think God's way of thinking, the way he directs us in his word is to speak life and accolades and encouragement over one another. Because if we truly become what we think about, Mm-hmm. Uh, then the more that I can draw awareness to the things that I love about Julie and that I appreciate about Julie, then the more that those things are made manifest, it causes those things to grow and to come out even more. I love that. Okay, so one of the themes of your message to couples is to remain purpose-focused, right? Um, rather than problem-focused. And this is this is one of those tools that you guys learned right. coming out of a very difficult season. In your books and teachings, you talk about shifting from focusing on the issues and differences to focusing on a desired outcome and then building this common ground. So this principle isn't just relevant in a marriage relationship. This is a principle that I think in every relationship. So why don't you unpack a little bit um, about how you made this shift, how how did living purpose-focused and building on common ground change the trajectory of your story in your marriage? And what are some ways we can all put that into practice? I've got a perfect story. So (laughs) (laughs) the age-old battle, I think, between Greg and I have been centered around our parenting, actually. Mm. Uh, You know, we we look at our lives and we're all, we all have God's fingerprint, that DNA, Ephesians 2.10, that God's, we're his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works, right? Which he prepared long in advance for us to do. So, he also has like this purpose within each one of us, a design. Well, I'm an encourager, and Greg is a person of excellence. And so those two things have actually clashed, mm. right? <laughs> and, and we find that this is a common, especially in, in a Christian household, you've got usually an encourager and a person of excellence, and there's a clash in the parenting styles. So for us, the age-old battle really was like, I would use scripture, Adam, Julie, I would go, Fathers don't exasperate your children, right? Pretty sure that I was right. And he'd be like, woman, get those kids off your skirt tail. The world's going (laughs) to chew them up and spit them out. And so we spent the majority of our relationship uh, in the early years clashing over the parenting styles until all of a sudden we used the principle that you're talking about. And we stepped back and said, okay, what do we both want? Mm -hmm. What is the desired outcome? Yeah. And so we landed on, Greg, you want to share kind of what we landed on? Well, we we discussed, we literally, uh, and I think the key that, that made this work for us is, is sometimes we try to have discussions while we're all riled up and we've got emotions involved, right? And it's sort of like uh, trying to sight your weapon in while there's bullets flying over your head. It's just not the best way to <laughs> right. do it. We can't really concentrate on what the real uh, objective is. And so um, this had been a reoccurring, and, and we found that most couples have something that's reoccurring in their relationship, and this one was ours. And so... Uh, we sat down and we discussed and we started out with, okay, what what's the desired outcome? What is it that we both can agree on? And so I'm gonna I'm gonna fast forward through the the many times that we answered this question to get it on a high enough level to where we got to a place to where we agree. Number one, what we want is we want kids that know that they are unconditionally loved. 
Two, we want kids that are kids of excellence. They are people of excellence, that they are successful in the world because they stand out um, and are a cut above. And finally, that their faith is their own, not borrowed faith from us that's programmed by us so that it's actually their faith so that they don't lose it as they go into the world and they hear something that's maybe got a different spin to it. And so as we agreed on this, then we we began to think, okay, so the diversity of any team, the strength of any team really is the diversity of that team. So Julie's got an approach. I have an approach. It's not about who's right or who's wrong because we're both right. It's about leveraging and learning how to uh, come together and work utilizing those different viewpoints, utilizing those different strengths in order to achieve that ultimate outcome that we agree on. And what we found is that we can use any problem in our marriage or in life as a springboard if we look at it the right way. And instead of just zoning in on the issue or the problem, change all of the energy of that conversation, Julie, to where we ask, okay, this is the issue. This is what we don't want. What do we want? And when we stay in that question long enough where we find agreement, now we're able to build on common ground because the only way to build anything is to build it on common ground. Word tells us that a house divided won't stand. And so it's just really taking some of these pieces of knowledge, the wisdom, and bringing it into practical application in our life. And what we found is it's been revolutionary, not just for our relationship, but for many others as well. Yeah, one of the tools that God gave, I, I realized I was fighting to be heard, I was fighting, trying to press what I wanted, the way that I wanted our kids, because I wanted them to know that they were loved, that they could do anything that they put their mind to, that God was calling them to, and just this unconditional love because I didn't have it being in my family. And so I wanted to provide that for them. And I remember one time we were having this exchange about parenting styles again. I'm like, oh my goodness, would he, would he ever just get this? And I felt again like this, this prompting was, how is Greg right? What is it that he's saying that you actually agree with? Again, definitely the Holy Spirit, because I was not at that place at that time. And I stopped and I was like, wait a minute, I want my kids to be excellent. Wait a minute, I want them to be successful. I don't want the world to chew them up and spit them out. I want them to be a good, firm hand. And I realized that because I was trying to press a method or a way of parenting, I was actually stifling the very thing that I wanted as well. And so I learned now, in any time that we have a place where it feels like it's kind of that impasse, that place where we're frustrated or I want to make my point, I pause and it's like, okay, wait a minute, stop. How's he right? I love it when you do that. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> and he does it for me as well. Awesome. You know, He does yeah. it for me. But how's he right? What is it that he's saying? What is she saying that I agree on? And that's how we're actually able to move forward and build mm -hmm. on common ground because now it's not his way or my way. I agree We're building with on the common ground. That's yeah. It. I love that. There, There is so much in what you just said. Mm -hmm. You guys need to just rewind this little <laughs> section and listen to it again because this, you know, this is this can help in any relationship, Absolutely. your marriage, parenting, in the workplace to be to be purpose focused and not problem focused. But that takes time and mm -hmm. intentionality yes, and this this paradigm shift, you know, that not to fight 
for your limitation. Right. That mm-hmm. that really it, because a lot of times when we fight for our position, that's exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're fighting for our yeah. limitation mm-hmm. and not inviting another perspective in. Mm-hmm. And you said something, Greg, that is so powerful that the strength of a team is in its diversity. Yep. Mm-hmm. That and when we actually function in our marriages, in our relationships as a team, mm-hmm. that we can leverage each other's mm-hmm. strengths. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Is that you know that this we're not talking about addition, we're talking about multiplication that's because right. there's something that when you come together, right? Yes. And then you have the power of the Holy Spirit on top yeah. of that, that you're actually able to leverage each other's strengths and maximize each other's mm-hmm. strengths right. and then find this common ground, which is so beautiful. There were so many things you said there. Can I comment on something yes. you said? You mentioned the multiplication factor, and I just can't let that slip without capitalizing on it. This, again, is, is God's 10x plan. We hear a lot in marketing terms today about 10xing our business and 10xing our life and such. And God's the originator of the 10x idea. He said that one will put a thousand to flight, but two puts 10,000 to flight. And so just think what our lives can be when we unify and we really begin to fight for unity above all things in our marriage and all relationships for that matter. When we build on that, then we're really able to capitalize on what God's got laid out for us mm-hmm. in order to maximize. Yeah, such a, such a biblical principle mm-hmm, it is. that unity is the multiplier. Absolutely. Right. Yes. I mean, that that can go, that can preach right there. So yeah. I might I might steal that. Um, but, you know, you also talked about the tension. And we like to say a lot that, you know, what is tension? If we can learn to master those tensions, right? That tension, if you look just the definition, it's two opposing forces mm. that cause extension. And what's mm-hmm. extension? Ooh, I like it's that. growth, right? I'm going to steal and that. So, no. Yes. Yeah, so you got to <laughs> right. mastering, not just putting up with each other's differences, but mastering the tension and being able to, you know, being able to, again, utilize the team that God's put together. He put you guys together for Amen. a purpose and Amen. placed these children in your lives under your authority so that they could experience the best of both of you. Yeah. And I think that that's, a, that's such a beautiful perspective. Wow. Whew, so powerful. Well, there's a couple other you know, um, parts of your story, Julie, that, um, that God spoke to your heart about some of the things you talked about mm-hmm. in your past, mm-hmm. because you know, I think that you really felt that maybe you were disqualified for the position of being able to speak into marriages, being mm-hmm. able to walk out the call that he has on your life and wondering if God could ever turn your mess into a message. Why don't you speak to that a little bit? Oh, yeah. I think we all wrestle, like, could God really use me? Mm-hmm. And what, what was so powerful, I remember I was working in corporate America, kind of minding my own business, and God began to rat-a-tat-tat at my heart, call me to do the work of an evangelist. And I remember I, I literally said out loud, but but God, I'm divorced. And it was, oh, yeah, like I shocked him off the throne. He's <laughs> like, no. But what was so cool is that in that place, when I'm given all my disqualifiers, again, a one-liner fashion, God said, Julie, the things you think disqualify you will be the very platform from which you stand. Boom. Now, boom. right there. Yeah, boom. Right? Come on. And so fast forward, I remember when I signed the two-book contract for what I wish my mother told me about men, what I wish my mother told me about marriage, and God brought back that one-liner of the things you think disqualify you will be the very platform from which you stand. And what I realized is that God takes all that broken mess. He gives us the healing, not so that we can talk about our brilliance, but about who He is and what He did for us. And when we turn our attention, it's like the Apostle Paul when he said, you know, we're like His ambassadors, 
as if God's making his very appeal. Well, who could speak to a brokenness and a hopelessness, but the redemption of God any better? And so I love to share with women, uh, with men, that God so often takes that broken part of our life, and then he gives us the healing so that we can use it as a bridge for others to cross over from death to life. Wow. So it's not that place of, wow, look how great I am, but wow, look how great God is. And so if we got that kind of a mess, he does. When we go to him, he turns it into healing that then serves as a message for others. Hey, you got this too. And so now when we are able to minister to couples, we're not ministering out of all of our brilliance. We're saying, look what God can do. And if he can do it for us, he can do it for you. And the good thing is, is when they share all their junk with us, we're not taken back because it's like, okay, well, that's just one part. And God's still the healer. He's still the redeemer. He's still the the one that makes the change. And so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God wow. who causes the growth. And that that's so beautiful because, you know, um, a healthy marriage is made up of two healthy individuals. And for you to get to that point, for God to be able to mend that place in you, I I love that. And you're you're able to share your message through books. You're able to share your message through coaching. But Todd and I have, you know, we're, we're probably never going to write a marriage book. We're probably never going to, you know, be on the circuit as you guys are when it comes to marriage. But we know that our marriage will be the greatest message mm-hmm. that we ever mm-hmm. preach. Mm-hmm. And I think that for those of you who are listening, that your marriage will be the greatest message that will ever speak to the faithfulness of God to your children and to generations to come. Your relationships are a message mm-hmm. that, and so Amen. what message do you want to preach? And I, mm-hmm. I love that, that God can turn any mess. For those of you who think that you're too far gone, it is never too late to be who you could have been, and he will take any mess and turn it into a message for his glory. And that's what he's done through you and and been able to, you know, just rewrite other people's stories because of it. And, you know, Greg, in your teachings, a lot of times um, you share a story about how you found your identity for many years in the wrong things mm-hmm. and how you learned to find your identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. That was really the foundation. Can you share a story and any encouragement to someone right now that might be struggling with seeing themselves through God's eyes. And I just want you to know, we have a lot of guy listeners out there, right? right so on. even though it's called the So Good Sisterhood Podcast, guys, I know you're listening because you tell me, <laughs> like you pull me aside, you tell me you're listening, but I'd love for you to speak to that guys and girls, you know, yeah. that that may be struggling in this area. Well, I don't think it's gender specific either. You know, we all, we all have battles like this, don't we? You know, and I know for me, I rewind to a place where Julie and I had been wildly successful in in our endeavors and business and such by anybody's standards. And it seemed like everything that we touched turned to gold. And then we went through a season, things were really, really difficult. And it wasn't that we had just abandoned God. In fact, I can remember we were on our face, on our knees, praying about every decision that we were making. And the, and the changes that we made were in response to what he told us to do. And I think sometimes as Christians, we think, you know, if we're obedient, then there's blessing in that. And although ultimately I believe that's true, I think that sometimes we've got to walk through the valley. Mm -hmm. Someone once said that there's vegetation in the valley, not on the mountaintops. Mm, It's icy and cold. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of things grow up there. Uh, But it doesn't feel good when we're going through it. And so I went through a season where I completely lost my identity. And the truth Mm -hmm. is, Julie, I... Be honest, most of my life, I've probably tried to find my identity and satisfaction in just about anything but God. So my life verse is Matthew 
6.33, which is seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And the reason is because it always grounds me and draws me back to my true north. It's the thing that I don't do naturally. And so it reminds me, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's a different object of the game here. And so when I do that, um, it just helps me find my center place again. And so in this season where uh, there was such a stripping, it seemed like nothing, everything we touched went to piles, you know, it just did not go well. So much and so that I found myself in a place where um, I, I really had no will to live and contemplated suicide. Wow. And I couldn't figure out what God wanted from me because after all, I'd been obedient, right? And over time, God began to shape my thinking again and show me where if I would surrender and I would trust him, if I would trust his will over my own will, over time, that has morphed into my new prayer, which is, God, I don't even want what I want. I want what you want. I really <laughs> yeah. just want what you want. And so um, I remember one time I was reading in uh, Matthew again, 13, 8, and this it's, it's, it ends in Matthew 13, 8. And, and Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower and the cedar, you know, falling in different places. He goes through all of these different things. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, that's me. Oh, man, yeah, that's me. Every single one. And then it got to the bottom and the Holy Spirit just hit me. God just spoke to me in such a way where it says some will produce 30, 60 or 100 fold. And God just ministered to my spirit. That's you. That's you. And that was a thought that wasn't mm -hmm. my own. And so I would just encourage. I think that, you know, we all struggle with self-worth or when we struggle with self-worth, a lot of times it comes out in a very nasty way to the people around us, actually. And I think that God is so loving and gentle and caring that he ministers into us and reminds us of who we are. And Julie asked me one time to get quiet and just ask God, who does he say I am? And we've continued this with some of our clients and never, ever experienced that. But what God had his hand on his hip, wagging his head going, I remember that time you, you know, he's always so loving and, and, and gentle with us. And so anything that I say about myself or begin to believe about myself that's outside of who God says I am is outside of, of who he says I am. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's out of alignment with him. And to make it even more stark, that means I'm in alignment with the enemy of my soul. Right. And I think it's just an important thing for all of us to remember because there's no nobility in kind of, um, again, wall walking around in self-wall of self-pity and such. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And I, I love that God does use the word of God to mm. affirm what he wants to say to us. And, you know, what you said is so important because I can't remember the theologian that said it. I'll make sure I put it in the show notes. Mm. But what we think about when we think about God is the most important thing mm -hmm. about us. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have a theology that, that views God as a loving heavenly father, right. As it says multiple times in scripture, right? Mm -hmm. We may be saved, but we are not going to live the abundant full life that Jesus has called Absolutely, us to. Yes. And we're not going to have the abundant marriage relationships that he he wants to he wants us to have. And I I love that. And so this is why it's so important. I, I love that both of you guys have there's a there's a marriage testimony here, but there's just a testimony of 
redemption Amen. of just a painful past. There's a, a testimony of reclaiming an identity mm-hmm. and freedom from depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and finding purpose. And when those two testimonies come together, it's just so beautiful. And it's the difference between trying to write our own story, but what you guys have said is that you're putting the pen in your Heavenly Father's hand and allowing Him mm. to write the story, allowing Him to define what blessing is. Amen. And Amen. I, I I have to say, Greg, you know, if I were to guess um, that probably the blessing that you have in this season, watching your children mm. step into their calling and purpose, watching your 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 wife flourish in ministry together, <laughs> being able to bring healing and strength to marriages, that this has to far outweigh any financial blessing that you oh. thought that you wanted. How could you even put a price on it, there's, right? There's no price. Right. There's no price Amen. that our God is a God that does exceedingly, abundantly, above what we can hope, dream, yeah. or imagine in our lives, in our relationships, when we when we come before him and put it all in his hands. So this was so beautiful. Okay, so I'm gonna like end with kind of a question. Um, so we all have you know parts of our story that are a little bit cringeworthy or maybe a prayer that we prayed that we are so thankful that God did not answer. So I didn't know if you guys have one of those. I'm so grateful God didn't zap Greg when I thought that he should zap Greg. <laughs> like the sense of thunder, you know? Like, call down fire on him, Lord. I, I'm just so glad he didn't answer that. There were a couple that. of times I felt the heat though, just for the record. <laughs> It's great. So I'm glad you were not consumed by holy fire. So that's a great prayer that was not answered. That's awesome. That's a great one to end on. Well, you guys, thank you so much for um, for just your wisdom and for all that you shared. I know that this is going to be an encouragement to um, to those that are listening and for just for coming on the podcast and really being able to you know impart not just um, not just a, a teaching, but a testimony. And so we're going to put all the links to Greg and Julie's website, your books, all your resources in the show notes. But I just thought it might be great if we just prayed for relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought mm-hmm. if we just ended this maybe a little bit differently, we just pray for relationships out there that need healing, mm-hmm. that there's some messes out there that God wants to turn into messages. And we just want to declare that over mm-hmm. our listeners today. Yeah. So Greg, would you pray that for our Would'd listeners and of for course. the relationships that, that might be in a mess right now? You bet. So, Lord, we thank you for the privilege of coming before your throne. And so as we approach you today, God, we approach you on behalf of those couples out there that are in a difficult season of life, God. We ask, Father, that you would minister to each one of them, God, that you would show them how to build on common ground, not just with head knowledge, God, but with heart and practical application on how to love one another better. Lord, we know that uh, so many things flow from the family. And so we ask that you would minister to each one, that you would lift them up, that you would encourage them, that they would cause to see good things in their spouse and to celebrate one another and to begin to speak life over one another, God. And uh, that you would minister to their hurts and their wounds and that you would give them a roadmap, God, a plan on how to deal with and process those things as healthy adults, God, that uh, that you would, by your spirit, mm-hmm. Lord, lead them in a way that would show them how you love us so that they could love one another in that way. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. Thank you listeners for tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on the So Good Sisterhood podcast. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. 
For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, SoGoodSisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.